Hello, welcome to another episode of Daily Feasting on the Words of Christ. I didn't do any podcast episodes this weekend. And I will admit that I didn't do it one because on Saturday I read my chapters and I was like, I don't know that I got anything out of this. I don't know that I have anything to say on my podcast. I'm just going to wait. And on Sunday, I didn't even read my scriptures until the end of the day. And I kind of recognized a pattern within myself that when I say I'm just going to wait, it's not going to happen. I move so swiftly throughout the things I need to do in the day that creating a podcast or even just reading the scriptures gets put on the back burner forever if I'm not careful and that I can go throughout my day without having said prayers or done scriptures and not even realizing it because I just went about my day you know I reckon and and something I realized is when I start um my day by searching things on the internet or going on to Facebook and scrolling through. When I start my day looking at my phone, and it's on my phone, at least on the weekends, I notice that my chance of doing my prayer and my scripture study in the morning go down. That it's most likely not going to happen. And if it does, it's way later in the morning. So I'm like, I have a higher chance of getting them done if I do those things first. Instead of looking at my phone, I... I say my prayers, or actually I I write my prayers. I write in my journal my prayers to God, and then do my scripture reading. That's how they get done, is when they are the first things in my day. Because otherwise, I just move throughout my day, and I forget that I haven't done it yet. Because I'm just moving along. Just moving along. And... You know, I, and I'm still trying to figure out what to do when I run into the problem of I don't know what to say. Maybe I just need to say something, you know, get on the podcast and say something, even if it's five minutes. Because I never know where it might take me. You know, that, that generally tends to happen for me is I don't know what I'm going to say until I start saying it. And it just works out somehow. I don't know how it does, but it does. Um, and so I guess I should have just done one anyway for Saturday and Sunday. And who knows, it could have been really awesome. And now I missed out on the opportunity. And, um, you know, I'm not going to backtrack to the chapters I missed. I'm just going to move forward with where I'm at. So I'm at Mosiah chapter 2. Talking about King Benjamin, and he is giving his sermon at the temple. And it talks about how the people were gathered at the temple. They were it was such a huge multitude that King Benjamin had to have his words written down because not everyone could hear his voice from the tower. And the entire chapter basically talks about how inadequate we are as human beings. I know, sounds pretty like motivating and inspiring, doesn't it? 
talks about how, you know, no matter how much service you give, you're always in debt to God. And it talks about what happens to those who are rebellious in keeping God's commandments. And like what they'll end up being, like what will end up happening to them in the afterlife. So really inspiring, motivating talk, you know. A good one to wake people up for sure. And you know, if the Nephites always struggle with pride, then this definitely was the talk for them. Because, I mean, I guess we could always think and be like, well, I did this for so-and-so the other day because I'm just that amazing of a person. And, you know, that's not how God looks at it, right? He says, when we do something in the service of our fellow men, we are really in the service of our God. So anytime we serve someone else, we've served God. And anytime we serve God, he blesses us. And King Benjamin is like, well, you're indebted to God. So when you try to serve God to pay back that debt, he blesses you for serving him. Therefore, you're still in debt. So we are always in debt to God, no matter what we do. And it really is a humbling position to put yourself in. To think, wow, no matter what I do, I am always in debt to God. I am never, like, enough in the sense of I'm clear of my debt. I cannot do enough. I cannot be enough. I am internally indebted to God and for everything he has given me and will yet give me. That really is a quite humbling position to put oneself in and to think and to realize, wow, you know, before God, I am nothing. Which I think I remember from last season talking about this idea of being nothing before God, but yet we are still amazing and we are loved and we are special to him. Like we are precious, like every soul is precious to God. And, you know, that too in itself is humbling to realize we are nothing before God and yet we are everything to him. Like, he loves us so much, even though we don't profit God anything. Right? We don't, we're not, in our imperfect state, we are not all that useful to God, if that makes sense. You know, God can do anything, and he knows everything. He can make anything happen. And so he doesn't need us. God doesn't need us. And, you know, and yet he wants us, even though we do not benefit him at all in any way he still loves us and wants us so much 
And it's just kind of amazing. You know, it's just kind of astounding to think about. To think about the fact that, you know, it would be... I'm I'm less than the dust of the earth. The dust of the earth is more useful and beneficial to God than I am. But God loves me more. I don't know. It really is something that would take a lot of time to ponder and to sit and kind of just let percolate or stew, or marinate, whatever cooking analogy you want to use there. And kind of just let it be there in your brain. Because the full concept of that, I think, at least for me, it's going to take a while before it like truly hits. Because I can talk about it and I'm like, huh, wow, that's really humbling. But like for it to really sink in, I'm going to have to just let it sit with me. I'm just going to have to let that truth, that principle sit with me before and can be like, oh wow, yeah. <sighs> Dang. I am nothing and yet God loves me so much. Wow. I don't know if it's sinking in for you. But, um, I invite you to maybe think about that today. You know, ponder on how much God loves you and how amazing that is. Because it really is quite amazing. It's astounding. I don't get it (laughs) at times. Um, and so I'm going to leave King Benjamin's sermon there and move on to Mark chapter five. We're still moving along, folks. He's doing one thing right after another. Like this, the, the train does not stop with Mark. In fact, I think it just gets faster. It never slows down. His storytelling is just boom, 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 (laughs) which keeps, I love Mark. I love Mark so much. Um, and in this chapter, he casts out a legion of devils and they go into a herd of swine. He heals the woman with the issue of blood and he raises a girl from the dead. And he's just doing one miracle right after another. And the two moments that really stick out to me, and I don't know why, but when the devil, when he cast out the devils from the man, the man asked if he could go with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, I need you to stay. 
I want you to share with everybody what great things the Lord has done for you. And so he does stay and he starts telling everybody what happened to him and all men marvel. I find that interesting. Like, so far he's asked quite a bit of people to follow him, but some people he asks to stay. You know? And to let people know what Jesus has done for them. And maybe this could be analogy for serving missions. I don't know. That's just kind of an idea that came to mind for some reason. I'm not sure why. But as I'm talking, my brain's like, kind of almost sounds like those who want to serve a mission. Sometimes you are called to go. Sometimes you are called to stay. Right? You know, when you ask the Lord, hey, I want to serve a mission. I want to preach the gospel to people. I want to follow you. And sometimes those people are asked to stay. Now, maybe it's just a brief period of time before they go back out, or maybe, you know, whatever the reason is. There could be a myriad of reasons. But maybe it's because there's still people there that God wants you to touch. And that you have a mission to talk to people there. You know, some people, God does say, all right, come on out, come follow me. Go out into the field, preach my gospel. And some people he asks to stay. And one is not better than the other, right? It is not better to serve a mission when God asks you to stay. The best thing to do is to give your best to the Lord no matter where you serve. And like... And maybe it's not even about full-time missions. You know, it could be about anything. Sometimes the Lord asks us to go, and sometimes the Lord asks us to stay. One is not better than the other, but it's always best to do what God has asked. At least that's what I've learned. And I'm still learning. I am still learning that it is best to do what God has asked. (laughs) I can be very stubborn sometimes. And it can get me into trouble sometimes. But it's always best to do what God has asked. (sighs) And then the other... Yeah, and I'm just... I'm going to leave that point there. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. Just leave that thought there. If you have more thoughts about that, Write them down somewhere. I highly suggest it. I'm going to move on to my other thought. Which was when he was going to raise the girl from the dead. And 
He goes in and he sees that everyone is weeping and wailing. And he says, why do you make this much ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they ridicule him for it. You know, this entire family is in deep grieving because their daughter or their sister or their friend just died. And this man comes up and he says, why are you crying? She's just sleeping. To them, they're like, uh, she's dead, man. We saw her die. She's not breathing. How can you say that she's sleeping? And I find that kind of interesting that he said that. You know, why on earth would he say that? You know, and then he has everyone leave the room except the parents of the girl and Peter, James, and John. So there are six, there are seven people in this room. One is Jesus, one's the girl dying, two are the parents, and three are the first presidency of the apostles. We'll just call them the first presidency because it works out that way. And they're the only ones that see him raise her from the dead. Most other miracles have been public. This one was done more privately. It's interesting that he told everyone that he had to leave the room that she was just sleeping. So that when she comes upstairs, it really does seem like, oh... But we heard that she had died. We knew that she had died. This man said she was sleeping and now she's alive? Right? That's going to cause some curiosity there. Like, what just happened? You know? But this was definitely a more private miracle. It was not publicly shown. I find that so interesting. This one was done privately, and there were many others that were done publicly. And you know, and those people who ridiculed Jesus for saying that the girl only sleeps, you know, in essence... Jesus in the grand scheme of things even if he didn't raise her from the dead one day she would wake up with the resurrection so in a way she does kind of just sleep you know he's got a different perspective a different mindset than everybody else because of what he knows about the plan of salvation and um, how things are going to work out 
You know, he's just got a different view of things. I don't know. I don't know why that stood out to me, but it did. So I thought I would share it with you and let your thoughts kind of go on with that one. Maybe read the chapter, those those verses. They're kind of like um, 38 to 41 or 42, 43. Yeah, 38 to 43. So if you want to read those and kind of ponder on them for yourself, on what maybe that could mean for you. And because I got no more thoughts. It's just, it's something that stood out to me. I'm not sure why. But it did. So I'm going to leave you with those thoughts. And I'm going to end my episode here. And I want to thank you for listening today. Thank you for being patient with me. Even though I haven't done super well this weekend with getting episodes out. And thank you for, you know, being here every day. Thank you for (laughs) that support. And I hope you know, and I hope you... Continue to understand that God loves you so much and that you are amazing. And I hope that you have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you later.